Hey, welcome to episode 21 of the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. I am your host, Reagan Rose. Well, it's hard to believe that we're already on episode 21. I just started this podcast back in August of this year. And now this year is coming to a close, and 2020 is quickly uh, approaching on the horizon. So I wanted to do kind of a special end-of-the-year episode here, uh, because what better time to talk about the new year than in the last episode of the year? I might sound a little bit different today. I'm on the road. I've been traveling um, back to my home state of Michigan and then down into Ohio, the last week or so, visiting family and friends for the holidays, and I have a little travel lavalier mic that I'm wearing right now that uh, is my first time using it, so it probably doesn't sound quite as good as what you're used to, but that's okay. It's been an interesting holiday season, kind of hard to uh, get things done when you're traveling. I think I'll try to do an episode on that in the future, too, because I'm learning a bit as I go uh, about how to, um, how to prioritize that stuff. I also wanted to give a big shout out to you, everyone who's listened, everyone who has commented, who has written me emails or left reviews, or even if you just quietly listen alone in your basement and never reach out at all. Thank you for listening. Uh, you are the reason that I'm doing this show. I'm seeking to glorify God with my life and with the um, things he's given me to steward. And one of the ways I'm trying to do that is through this program. So if it's helping you, well, praise God for that. I'm really enjoying doing it, and I plan to continue well into the future. So we have lots more of exciting episodes to look forward to in the year 2020. So yeah, I want to talk about New Year's resolutions. And I know it's cliche for a productivity program to talk about New Year's resolutions, but I've kind of got to do it, don't I? So I wanted to approach it a little bit different. Um, you're going to find lots of great articles this week about how to um, you know, make and keep New Year's resolutions out there on the internet and the newspaper. Every year they come around. There's always good advice in those um, about how to keep it simple, how to, how to make a, a, a commitment that's going to stick and make a new habit and all that. I'm not going to talk about that. If you want a good resource on that, actually go back to episode six of the podcast where I interview Drew Dick, but uh, he talks about discipline and actually in that episode talks specifically about New Year's resolutions and how to keep them. Um, so you're going to want to check that out if you want some practical advice on that. What I want to do is do something kind of just fun. I'm going to talk about the Ten Commandments of New Year's resolutions. And really, all I'm doing here is come up with 10 things that aren't really habits. They're not really, um, you know, new things to try. They're simply reminders for the most part. And more so attitudes and commitments um, spiritually to make as you approach a new year. And kind of a new year, it's an arbitrary thing. Um, but don't get hung up on that. There is a, a mental, uh, psychological kind of reset switch that happens when the calendar turns over. So why not capitalize on that? Why not take advantage of that little psychological mind shift that happens when a new year rolls around? Reflect on where you've been and look forward to where you're going and just plan for how am I going to be a productive Christian in the year 2020? And so I, I've come up with these 10 commandments of New Year's resolutions and these are 
loosely inspired by the Ten Commandments of Scripture um, of Exodus 20. For the most part, I think these are just legitimate applications of those commandments, but I've just taken them and applied them to how Christians think about their productivity, and specifically how we can apply that in the year 2020. So without further ado, let's talk about the Ten Commandments of Christian Productivity. The first commandment of Christian productivity is resolve to make God your first priority. Okay, so the first thing, and all these are in that format, resolve, resolve, resolve. So if you're making some resolutions for the new year, here's 10 of them for you. First, resolve to make God your first priority. You know, this year there are going to be, as always, a million things vying for your attention, vying to be prioritized in your life. And just because the calendar is changing doesn't mean that that reality is going to change. You're going to be just as busy in 2020 as you were in 2019. Work, family, maybe education, your finances, the list just goes on and on and on. And the parade of urgency that we feel is going to be just as easy to find this year as it has been in the past. And in that parade, very often, it's like a deck of cards, right, with your priorities. And over and over again, we find that God gets kind of shuffled to the bottom of the deck. And that is just, you know, we're prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Um, and we need to be intentional about making sure that God really is our first priority. So why not resolve before the year ends, as you launch into a new one, that you will be dead, set, determined to keep God as your first priority in 2020. That you're going to commit that, you know what, the, the, the body life of the church, being together in fellowship and worship with the saints as I serve God, I'm not going to let that be crowded out by travel sports. I'm not going to let prayer fall by the wayside um, and, and put slumber in its place. Um, that, that the Word of God is going to be a lamp continually light uh, to, to guide my steps as I read and study each day. Commit to that. Resolve to make God your first priority in 2020. If that's the only thing you do, if that's the only thing you commit to, th then that's great because it all flows from that. We exist to glorify God. So let's commit to ensuring that whatever we do, we're seeking wholeheartedly to do that in 2020. Second, the second commandment for New Year's, uh, what did I say? The second, the second commandment of New Year's resolutions. Resolve to slash screen time. Now, I, I know there's a lot of stuff about screen time and kids and stuff's in the news all the time. Um, and it can kind of get a little bit tiresome. But have you ever noticed that your Bible reading, your prayer, uh, your deep conversations with loved ones have slowly been being edged out by Netflix and your phone and just having your face buried in a device? I, I think that many of us have replaced what used to be quality time with people with screen time, and it's happened by such small degrees that we've barely noticed. And the thing is, the allure of images has long been the enemy of godliness. Um, this is true in actual idol worship, right? Making images of God or of other gods in order to be worshipped. And, and I'm not 
saying per se that your phone or your um, TV is an idol to you. But my goodness, it could be, couldn't it? If we really are, as a, as a race, as humankind, um, prone to wander from God to idols, then we should be on the lookout for those. And there is a little idol in the pocket uh, of all of us, or in our purses, uh, which is the, the phone. I don't carry a purse, by the way. I understand the way I just phrased that made it sound like I carry a purse. It's a European men's carry-all. Just kidding. Um, so, resolve to slash screen time in 2020. Entertainment is the god of this age. I really believe that. So, in 2020, let's be deliberate in how we spend our time. Sure, entertainment is good. It's fine in small doses. But don't have that be your whole life. Let's put fewer hours into, the, into gaping at those flickering little screens and let's put more into spiritual disciplines and deliberate godliness and intentional fellowship with others and with God. So resolve to slash screen time. Okay, moving on, let's go to number three, the third commandment of New Year's resolutions, and that is resolve to be a person of pure speech. Okay, so maybe you don't cuss like a sailor. Maybe you do. Maybe you're a sailor who's sick of the stereotypes of everyone saying that you're a cusser just because you spend your life on a boat. I apologize to you, sir. Ahoy. <laughs> Sometimes I just hate myself, the stuff I say. Okay, maybe you are somebody who, who cusses all the time. Maybe you are. Or, or maybe you're somebody who just you, you mutter under your breath sometimes. Or, you know, speaking up your speech, maybe you gossip. Maybe you have a very sharp wit with which you sometimes use to tear people down. Maybe uh, your speech sin is that you're just incredibly, incredibly negative all the time. So much so that people doubt whether you actually trust that God is sovereign and loving, and people wonder that maybe Christians are just bitter curmudgeons. There's a lot of ways for us to sin with the tongue, and that's why there's so many pages of scripture dedicated to it. I mean, just read James 3 if you want to feel convicted about this. But why not in 2020, why not resolve to be a person of pure speech? The things you say, they can either be for building others up, or tearing them down. Ephesians 4.29 says this. It can be unwholesome talk, or it can be that which is, is um, for building others up, as fits the occasion. That's what we should be. Likewise, in Ephesians 5.4, it says, And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather the giving of thanks. And so, imagine this. Wouldn't it be something if we started talking like Christians, in 2020, that what if what if you refused to gossip? You just walked away from it and said, "I'm not going to participate." What if your speech was characterized by encouraging others, or, or even loving rebuke when it needs to be said? And, and what if, like it said at the uh, at the end of Ephesians 5:4, but rather giving of thanks? What if what if thanks and praise to the Lord was just always on your lips? such that people knew you by that, that you're the person who's always just saying, thank God, but actually meaning it, or praise God for that. And you're just so thankful. Wouldn't that be great? I think that's an excellent resolution to make. Resolve to be a person of pure speech in 2020. That's number three. Number four in the Ten Commandments of New Year's resolutions is resolve to rest. 
You know, the fourth commandment, six days shall you labor, and the seventh is the Lord's. And we find out in the New Testament, and the words of Jesus, that the uh, Sabbath, as it was called, was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. In other words, the, the rest, which the Lord required of his people once a week, was a gift to them. It was not to be a burden to them, it was but something they needed. And I've talked about this before. Rest um, reminds us of our creatureliness, of our dependence on God, um, that there are consequences when we fail to rest, and it's so important. And so just loosely speaking, not about Sabbatarianism specifically, but about rest in general, the fourth commandment that I would suggest and the fourth resolution to you is resolve to rest. It is, I think, a perennial problem with productive people is that we just feel like we have to go, 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 and, and we need to just shave off a little more sleep. Um, we need to get in a little more work. And uh, if we're not doing something, getting something done right that moment, we feel like we're, we're wasting our lives. And obviously, there's, there's a balance here, and there's a converse to that. If, if your besetting sin is laziness, then um, maybe you do need to pick up the pace a little bit. But I'm guessing that if you listen to this podcast, you're probably someone who falls into the latter category and sometimes just doesn't know when to turn off. And rest is just absolutely critical. We were made in such a way that our God, he, he made us that we require rest. We need um to sleep. If you're not getting enough sleep, that is one of the most productive things you can do. If you think about all the benefits that sleep has, what it does for you, how it makes you a clearer thinker, how it removes um, toxins from your brain, how it replenishes you and prepares you for the day, one of the most productive things you can do sometimes is take a nap. I don't remember who said that, but that's a, an excellent quote. Sometimes you just need to sleep. And so if your schedule is so crazy that you're not getting enough sleep, maybe that's part of what you do. A practical outgrowth of this resolution to rest would be to reset your schedule such that you are getting the rest you need. And I think with that too, it's more than just sleep, but there's rest from your labors um, in, in where you work on something else. You know, sometimes the best rest is just a change of scenery or a change of work. Uh, the things I like to do to rest from work are more work, you know, I love to work in the yard, or I love um, to do little projects around the house. I enjoy that. That's not work to me. It is technically work. I'm doing something, but it's more like a hobby, and maybe that's what you need. You need something where you can rest your brain from, from your work and, and not constantly be on, as I said, but um, be, be endeavoring to do other things so that your mind can be rested as well. Uh, and one of the great ways to do this, I've written about this before, and I'll probably do an episode on this at some point, is spending time in nature. The best ways to rest, uh, aside from sleep, is going outside. Go for a walk, or a hike, or even a drive. But unplug, um, disconnect, and just go and be in nature. And people will tell you this that aren't Christians, but I will tell you that there's a unique benefit to spending time in nature's uh, natures uh, for Christians, and that is that nature is God's creation. And there is in it, according to Romans 1, 
um, a natural revelation of him, that his, his divine power is seen in the things which he has made. And so one of the best settings for worship and encouragement and reminder about the God you serve, who's bigger than your problems, and he's bigger than the next thing you, get, you need to get done, a God who's bigger than your to-do list, is walking through the forest and looking at the mighty oaks and um, the hearing the rushing of water from a stream or looking out at mountains, or even just getting a walk around the neighborhood and just seeing all the ways that the Lord upholds the universe by his power. That is just an excellent thing to do to rest. Get out in God's creation. Okay, and the fifth commandment for New Year's resolutions is resolve to recommit to family. Resolve to recommit to family. What I mean there is um, if, if your parents are still living, um, resolve to, to, to make a plan to communicate with them more. Uh, if you don't, it's so easy to let busyness um, make those very valuable relationships slip. But honor them um, and find a way to honor them by calling every week or texting or writing letters or whatever it may be. Um, and do the same thing if you have children. I'll talk about your spouse in a minute or your future spouse. But resolve to recommit to family and uh, nurture and nourish those most valuable of relationships. Um, and the family is designed by God, and it is uh, folly on our part to think that in the pursuit of trying to work harder, or, or maybe your aim, you're trying to grow your career, or you're trying to make more money, or even if you're, you're working at home, you know, say that you're a, a mom. Um, the irony is that sometimes the busy work of every day, um, even though you're doing it ostensibly to serve your family, in your heart, um, they've actually been crowded out. It's about getting the stuff done. It's not about doing it for them. And it's not about those relationships or those people. And so in 2020, I would just suggest resolve to recommit to family. Do what you need to do to think through that and to change your mindset about it. And maybe come up with um, a habit or two or some action steps, some things you want to try to do to enable you to recommit to family. Okay, number six is resolve to be a peacemaker. Our pride, human pride, can drive us to some pretty awful ends. Uh, what is at the heart of, of murder, you know, that awful, awful um, act? What's at the heart of it but pride? You know, men kill others to steal because they think they deserve that more. Uh, the arrogance of jealousy has driven many people to a knife. And the hubris behind a personal offense. Someone says something that offends you so much that um, you want to kill them. And that's driven many people uh, to kill. Well, the sixth command in Scripture forbids murder. And to us... You know, don't murder probably seems like some pretty low-hanging fruit for a New Year's resolution. You know, you know, I resolve not to murder anyone this year. Boy, I hope I can make it at least through January before I fall off the wagon and kill somebody. Well, I, I was thinking about the Sixth Commandment as I, I wrote this one, resolve to be a peacemaker. And I was just thinking about it in the positive. So if, if the negative is, you know, thou shalt not kill, well, the positive then would be, I want to be a peacemaker. And that's what we're told, um, you know, in the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers. 
And that really is the opposite of it, is we want to be people who are peacemakers, not war makers. And we know that pride, or, or and even murder, begins in the heart. And so in 2020, why not commit to being a peacemaker? To be someone who is not looking for offense uh, in every situation, who, who is not... Um, painting uh, an awkward encounter in the worst possible light and say, oh, they're probably doing that against me. Uh, but instead to, in love, hope all things. To, to assume the best motives in others. And in situations within your family or friends or at work where you see um, a conflict starting to foment, why not step in? Why not step in humbly and try to help resolve it? And to be a person who is seeking peace and not um, conflict and not stirring up strife or arguments or dissensions among people, uh, especially in your church. You know, those, those words, they use strife, dissension, those are all throughout the New Testament of warnings about people who do that in churches. So why not uh, resolve this year, I'm going to be a peacemaker. I am going to help resolve these situations, not at the not at the expense of truth, of course, but um, for the sake of the kingdom, for fake, for the sake of my witness before God. I want to be a peacemaker this year. Number seven, resolve to be fiercely loyal to your spouse or your future spouse. That's in parentheses. Resolve to be fiercely loyal to your spouse. Right. So here we go. This is the opposite of adultery is resolving to be loyal to your spouse. And that means things like fleeing youthful lust. Uh, I think in, in some ways it means um, fleeing, uh, misprioritizing um, and neglecting your family where you are in more of a passive sense. It's not a, a, a adultery, but in a passive sense, you are becoming negligent to your spouse. You don't want that. So resolve this year to, to be fiercely loyal to them. And for the person who is not married, um, that means, of course, uh, guarding your heart. That means uh, making a covenant with your eyes, like Job said, uh, that you are not um, lusting after people who are not your spouse. And you say, well, I'm not married. Well, you're going to have a spouse someday. And so cut that off. Flee from that. And... There is, I think, for you know, danger for productivity-minded people that we would focus so narrowly on one thing in our lives that sometimes, uh, I mentioned family already, but specifically even our, our spouses would um, fall by the wayside. But this is, this is the point. This is why I'm bringing this up in the context of talking about Christian productivity, resolving to be fiercely loyal to your spouse. Why does that matter? What does that have to do with productivity? Well, it has... It's, it fits right in because when I talk about productivity on here, I am talking about a holistic project. I'm talking about a life that is every single area of it is all bent together towards glorifying God. And we recognize that as Christians, we don't have a responsibility just to be productive at our jobs, to be more efficient or to get more done or whatever that is. We have a responsibility to rightly order our entire lives, not for the sake of, uh, simply for the sake of our personal development or our own happiness, though those things are important. But most importantly, 
all of our lives is bent together towards this object of glorifying God. And your family, and specifically that most um, intimate of familial relations, your spouse, is paramount. If that is floundering, if, if you see that you're not giving enough to that, or if maybe there's some bitterness popping up in your heart because you think they're not doing enough, then get on your knees and repent and say that all I can do is I can do what, I, uh, what I'm responsible for, and I can be loyal to them. I can give them the time they need. And maybe that's going to mean canceling some things, cutting some things out of your schedule in 2020 that are making that hard. Do it. It's worth it. Resolve to be fiercely loyal to your spouse in 2020 to honor them. Okay, number eight is resolve to be radically generous, right? So the eighth commandment is thou shalt not steal. Well, what's the opposite of stealing? It's not simply possessing your personal property, but being generous. That would be the other side of it. And so when I'm talking about generosity in 2020, I'm talking about resolving to be radically generous, not only with your money, but with other things that you have been charged with stewarding, like your time, like your energy. We are charged by God to steward those things well. But these resources, the way in which we steward them well is by doing kingdom work with them, is by um, using them in the pursuit of glorifying God. So don't hoard your money or your time or your energy in 2020. Resolve to maybe even give more of yourself to, um, to your local church um, or to other ministry efforts, to evangelism, uh, to, to a prayer meeting, or, or maybe consider hosting people at your house for a Bible study, even though you hate letting people into your house because it means you have to clean the house. And it also means that people see that you're not perfect. So <laughs> resolve to be radically generous in 2020, not, with just, not just with your money, although that's part of it too. Maybe consider upping um, your, uh, your giving at your church or some other um, Christian nonprofits or charities uh, that you could be a part of. But even perhaps more importantly than that, giving of your time and energy as well. So don't steal, don't hoard, don't bury the treasure that you've been given to steward. Resolve to be radically generous with it in 2020. Number nine, resolve to be a person of meticulous integrity. I did an episode a while back about ruthless integrity, and that is really what I'm talking about here is you know, this is, this is about not bearing false witness, the ninth commandment. And the opposite of bearing false witness is not only not lying, it's having meticulous integrity. It's where you go above and beyond to be a person of the truth. I think a lot of us, <laughs> even liars, don't think of themselves as liars. But sometimes I think many of us bend the truth a little, or we hold back truth to avoid embarrassment or other consequences. But we need to remember, people, is that we serve a God of truth. We serve a God of truth. And that reality should make us desire to be people of that truth. People who are honest. People who are forthright in what we say. And we don't put a slant on it to give ourselves plausible deniability or a way out if someone questions exactly what did you mean by that. 
but to really be bold and be people who speak the truth and speak it in love. And of course, the hard part about that is, like I mentioned, is the embarrassment or the consequences. Sometimes being totally upfront about maybe a mistake you made instead of making an excuse or giving a half-truth, the, the issue is that's embarrassing. You look bad. Often th there's consequences on the line, um, and that is what drives us to lie. Or, or we, we bend the truth because we want people to think better of us than we really are, you know, make ourselves look good. But here's the thing with all that. Um, God's in control of all things. He is. And so even when you're being a person of meticulous integrity um, and you know that that's going to cost you dearly, do it anyway. Do it anyway and trust that God, that honoring him with, with, your, with being a person of the truth, trust that that's worth it and trust him for the outcome. And maybe he will, um, you know, make it so that you don't face consequences for it. But maybe um, the result will be some kind of chastening or some kind of consequences. But just say, okay, whatever it is, I'm not going to compromise the truth. I'm not going to be a person who lacks integrity in 2020 for the sake of some temporal gain. When my aim is to glorify God and to do that, I want to be an accurate image bearer of him. And he's a God of truth. So I'm going to be a person of truth. So number nine is resolve to be a person of meticulous integrity in 2020. And then finally, number 10 is resolve to be content no matter what the year brings. Yes, we close out 2019, at least in America, um, things are going pretty well financially. You know, the stock market's doing well, the economy is just doing excellent. Uh, I was looking back at this, actually, the notes. I um, was going to do a blog post of the same title last year for New Year's, and so I had some old notes, and I pulled that together to make this episode. But I was looking at what, where the economy was back then, and I had all these notes about, you know, maybe you're worried, maybe you're scared um, where things are going. Um, and I think that that's kind of providential, because here we are another year from, from 2019, and the economy is doing great, and everything looks excellent. And it reminded me of the ways in which those circumstances uh, just affect our contentment and that there's danger on either side of that. When, when circumstances are, are negative, right? So um, I'm speaking about the economy, about finances merely as an illustration because I know that it causes a lot of worry for a lot of us um, and is probably the main cause of our discontentment. Um, but anyway... So when things are negative, you know, you're not doing well, maybe your job isn't going well, or um, you lost a job, then you start to feel discontent because I don't have what I need, I, what's going on, I'm, I'm scared, I'm nervous. Uh, but the other side is equally dangerous where things are going really, really well and you start to find your contentment in those circumstances. So maybe you keep popping open your portfolio and looking at that and rubbing your hands together and saying, excellent, okay, now I'm safe. Now uh, I'm content. Now I can buy the things that are going to make me happy. But that's just what I'm saying is both of those are dangerous. Why? Because contentment needs to be found in Christ, not in your circumstances. It's like what Paul said, whether with much or with little, little he's learned to be content. Because you, your contentment cannot, 
cannot be dependent on the circumstances around you. That doesn't mean that you, with thanksgiving, draw uh, um, joy and happiness from positive circumstances. I'm not saying that you become a stoic. No, you still praise the Lord. I have, I have right now. He, he's blessing me. But if you become dependent on those actual things that are um, the, those circumstances and the specific outcomes, well, you're not finding your commitment in Christ. And then when those things fall away, so does your contentment. And so number 10 is resolve to be content no matter what the year brings. We don't know what's going to happen this year. Everything could go crazy bad or could go crazy good. And not just financially, but health-wise, um, or people within your family, or even at your church, or, or your job. You just don't know. Everything, when it feels like it's going really well, you always kind of wonder, at least I do, in the back of your mind, well, when's the other shoe going to fall? Something bad's going to happen. And that's probably not the right way to think about it. But the point is, the circumstances will change your whole life. They'll go up, they'll go down, they'll go left, they'll go right. But what we need to be resolved to do this year and every year is be content no matter what happens. All right, well, that's it for the Ten Commandments of New Year's resolutions. I hope there was something that at least uh, jogged um, some thoughts in your mind. I know these aren't specific resolutions, not specific commitments, but I hope they gave you some ideas. And maybe based on some of these, you won't just make these attitudinal resolutions, but you'll take some steps to commit to how you're actually going to execute on some of these. Well, I wish you the Lord's blessings and all of your pursuits. I wish you a happy new year and a Merry Christmas, um, which has just passed. And I'm looking forward to all of the, the stuff we're going to cover in 2020. I've got um, already um, several interviews uh, lined up for January, and I've got lots and lots of ideas and shows planned out. Don't forget that there's going to be lots more content on the blog this year. I'm hoping to produce more videos. Um, so a lot of my resolutions center around helping to produce more uh, content for redeeming productivity and higher quality stuff. And really it all just boils down to I'm trying to serve the Lord by serving you with this meager offering. So if you're deriving benefit from it, praise the Lord for that. I'm so thankful. Um, just been glad to have shared the last several months with you who have been listening and uh, I will see you on the other side of 2020.